Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to So there are a bunch of things that you could probably count on happening in September every single year. So let's go through them. One. Sorry, hold on a second. Hold on. I'm holding on. I don't know why the music's still playing. Did you hit the music again? (laughs) Okay, well, you win. You win. That was that was Marilyn's fight song. You know, if if Seth was hosting today, he could have set that up in Blog Talk Radio, but he decided not to do that because we're both slammed at work. And as I was about to start the conversation, there are several things that you can count on in September every single year. Number one is at about 5 o'clock, it is going to downpour in Atlanta every day. (laughs) And it is, if there is a raining cats and dogs, I don't know what kind of species is not coming down here. It was 95 degrees today. It was beautiful. And 95 degrees is beautiful? 95 degrees is beautiful to me, sir. It is. It was stunning. It wasn't really all that humid. It was a nice day, and now the power just went out. <laughs> That's how bad the rain is. The power just went out, Lucky for, and the power came back on, but it just flickered. That's how bad the rainstorm is here right now and the wind. So I'm not sure I'm going to be able to go anywhere this afternoon, but whatever. I need to go get some furniture. Okay, so number two, the Jets will blow a fourth-quarter lead. That is an absolute certainty that will happen every September. Number three, Syracuse will lose a game that they were supposed to win. Now, not that they played poorly, not that Maryland didn't deserve to win that, but Syracuse was supposed to win. They were the favorites going in originally. They were the ranked team. They were supposed to win. It was a – I know Seth's going to take umbrage with this because – I'm making excuses. I'm not. They they got thoroughly outplayed, but they were mm-hmm. supposed to win. So yeah. that's another thing. The Red Sox will likely fire their general manager every September when they don't win a World Series. Well, that happened. And Rafael Nadal will win another U.S. Open. And that happened too. So all of these things, plus Sean will screw up his social life. All happen every September, every single September. And why do I love September? Because Rosh Hashanah comes, and then it's a new year for me. So I can just say, all right, that all happened in 57, what, 62 at this point? And I don't even know what number we're up to, but the Jewish calendar goes into a new year. All right, maybe I won't screw it up so badly this year. But, yeah, all this happens every September. And, Seth, I noticed on Facebook when, when Nadal won, and we talk in superlatives all the time about tennis, and it seems like the superlatives just keep changing, right, With, except for Serena, who we believe is the best ever and has been the best ever for five or six years. But we've mentioned numerous players in the last five to six years in the men's side as being the best ever. And I was a little taken aback when you and Nabate Isles were having a conversation on Facebook, and you said, and maybe I'm, I read it wrong, but you said, I believe, and this is a paraphrase, I believe mm-hmm. Rafa may be the best of all of them. I think he is. Um, if you, Federer is the most elegant. Djokovic is the most mechanical. Better is just the toughest. Um, and 
I've come to the conclusion, having watched them all, and I mean, I'm probably a more knowledgeable tennis guy than most. And I've just come to the conclusion, if you, you look at the head-to-head, Rafa beats Federer. I, I, I can look up what it is exactly. He's one. Be, he, nobody's ever been more dominant on a surface than Rafa has been on at the on clay. Rafa, though, has beaten Federer on Federer's best surface in the biggest event. He's won Wimbledon over Federer. Now, the only time Federer ever won French Open is, which is Rafa's greatest event, was when Rafa was upset or not in the tournament. Djokovic is, is still three or four Grand Slams behind and may eventually pass from, a, from, a stand, from that standpoint. I go back and forth, but I've kind of come to the conclusion that I think Nadal is the greatest of all of them. Um, here we go. Djokovic versus Nadal. Djokovic, yeah. I think he's 23-19 for the most part. Um, but it's they're all, they're about fifty fifty. But Djokovic Djokovic is incredible. They're all the problem is they're all so far above and beyond everybody and have been for over a decade. But I just over the last few years I've just come to the conclusion that Dahl is a better player. So is he's this, elegant. Well, he's hold on. A is this? Is this a what have you done for me lately thing, though? I mean, can you put it in that context that Nadal is the best now, right? Are you – I guess my point is, are you looking at them overall? Are you looking at them in their prime, or are you just – it's today, no. right? Because because you see all these players and those people that saw – I don't know, Mickey Mantle in 1951. I think Mickey right. Mantle's the greatest player ever. Those people that I get it. your dad, your dad, who may have seen somebody else in the 70s, may have seen, said they were the best player ever. I see Mike Trout. I think Mike Trout's the best player ever, but Mike Trout's not going to win 100 games, and that makes Babe Ruth much better than him. Okay, so, so let, me, let me give you a bit of an example. Okay. I'm looking actually at Wikipedia, so I could be off a little bit here. Head-to-head, Nadal leads 24-16. to 16. In 14 Grand Slams matches, Nadal leads 10-4. to 4. Federer has 20 major titles, and Nadal has 19. So to me, based on that, plus the fact that Nadal... Nadal has never beat Federer has never beaten Nadal at the French, while Nadal has beaten Federer in possibly the greatest match of all time at Wimbledon. Based on those three things, I think Nadal is the, I think Nadal trumps him. But does he trump everybody? Is Federer number two by and and I get that we're talking. Superlatives, and I get that we're talking in the last 10 years or even 15 years or even 20 years. But, and I know I'm asking you to compare time, right? So if you want to say to me, you believe Nadal is the best of this time, I'm on board. I, I, I like, I, Look, I have only, no reason very difficult to, to say compare. otherwise. It's hard for me to compare Rafael Nadal to, to Rod Laver, or Correct. to or to Jimmy Connors. Oh, I was going to use Boris the Becker. Technology is different. The athleticism is different. Or to Sampras. I yes. I loved Sampras as a player. I thought he was beautiful to watch. I don't think he holds a candle to any of these guys. I don't. I, I think. We're looking at, I mean, because think about it, as great as, Sampras never had the great rivalry, rival. He had Agassi, but Agassi was a tier below. Agassi's a top 15 to 20 player of all time. Sampras is somewhere top five. 
you go back further, you have Connors and McEnroe. And in the late 80s, it was, it was Lendl and Vlander. And then you had four Connors. But for 10 years, you had the last 10 years, you really had three and a quarter players. You had three of these guys, and you had Andy Murray, who was the youngest, but ironically, injuries have kind of destroyed his career. It is ridiculous what they what they have accomplished. Ridiculous. Now, what may end up happening is that Djokovic, because he's four or five years younger, may just eventually pass all of them. So here, Djokovic Nadal. Fifty four times they've played, Djokovic leads twenty eight twenty six. He leads 15-11 in finals, um, but Nadal, you know, I'm just kind of trying to find the find the, the majors. Of these matches, 15 have been in Grand Slams with Nadal leading 9-6. Now, people can say because it, Nadal always is the French Open because he's 6-1 he's and one against them in the French. He's 6-0 and oh against Federer in the French. I don't think anyone's going to question he's the greatest clay court player of all time. I don't think there's a question about that. But he's had Matt. They. It's incredibly hard to compare rivalries, rivals, as I said. But when you're looking and you see for ten years, last forty Grand Slams, probably thirty-five of them to thirty-seven of them, went to one of these three guys. Nobody. There was never an era of ten years like this. Even at San Francisco's okay. bet, hold, it was hold, never near hold that. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. So here's my next question, right? So Connors and McEnroe, I went back and looked. In 15 years, they played 34 times. That's it. Okay. Okay, and you're saying in 10 years, and even less for Djokovic, right? Djokovic hasn't been playing for 10 years. I don't believe he's been playing for 10 years. Is it that they're playing more? Is that you have more to say? Is there more of a comparison there that you may not have elsewhere? And again, comparing eras, right? I bet you Arthur Ashe didn't play as much as McEnroe did because travel was just different. You didn't get there every weekend, right? And Don Budge certainly didn't play that much because – he took a train everywhere. So, I mean, I guess my point is you're saying he's the best, and you said this, and I, I'm not saying, again, not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying he's the best of the era, right? Because comparing eras is just hard, if not impossible. Yeah. I mean, baseball tried to do it with a comparison to a Cold War, wins over replacement, which is a great tool, and gives you some form of comparison. I get that. But you can't tell me that Mike Trout and Babe Ruth are even on the same plane when Babe Ruth is winning 100 games. Oh, it's, look, it's, it, this, is every, this is every argument. This is every sport, with possibly the exception of hockey, because I don't think anyone contests that Gretzky's the, the greatest player of all time. But well, I'll give you another. Well, I'll give you another reason why hockey is di- hockey is different. Hockey has not changed. Hockey is the only sport that has not changed. The puck is the same. The net is the same. The rink is the same. The ice is the same. And the amount of players is the same. And the equipment is relatively the same. The goalie equipment may be a little bit bigger. The rules may be a little change here and there, which shores up the uh, the offense. Right. But the game is relatively the same. Every other sport, the game is not the same, including tennis. Yeah, because the technology is different. Um, yeah. No, I get that. Um, but I'm not sure exactly where you want me to go with it. If, no, I don't want you to go anywhere. I, I was I was a little surprised that you made the claim, and I was look, more surprised. Look, look who again. the other people said it was. They all said it was Federer. So it's the same right. claim, just a different player. In I the agreed. same year, I agree. 
Agreed. I am just very surprised that you, in a, I, I mean, we've gotten to the point where we use these superlatives all the time. And I know, even through the course of this show, history, which I think we're going on our eighth year, or maybe even ninth year, coming up in September, is you've changed that statement three times in nine years about tennis. Have I ever said Djokovic was the greatest of all time? It's possible. Because originally I, I did think it was Federer. Um, I, because the greatest that I ever saw was Sampras. And... Oh. oh, nope, we're back. But you started with Sampras, then you went to right. Federer, and now you're at Nadal. Nadal. And, yeah. and that's fine. I just don't know any other sport where in nine years you would change your tune, or anybody, not just Seth Kamins, but even myself or Nabate Isles or anybody else. I don't know any other decade a, in sports because history. Look at, because these are all individual sports. Correct. That you can't is true. do it in basketball because you win a team championship. But there are okay. four major I, championships in golf and in tennis. And if Djokovic wins the next 15, champion, 15 majors, then guess what? He's going to pro- in four years, if we're still hosting this show, I'll say he's the greatest of all time. But what's happened is, you with Nadal, you know, Sampras was the greatest player I ever saw until Federer. And for years, I thought Federer was better than Nadal. I thought, I, I thought he, Federer is a more elegant player. He plays a, a beautiful game. He is, I've just come to the conclusion that over the last, now, again, Federer may have taken a half a step back, and Nadal has taken a years off because of his injuries, because the way he plays, his body is not built to last. Somehow it still is. Um, but I've come to the conclusion. When did I say Nadal, Federer was? Three, four, five years ago? Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, I probably wasn't wrong. Because it uh, is look, a sport. Seth, I'm not saying you're wrong at all. There's you're no saying wrong I'm transitioning a flip three times in nine years. Right, but there's no wrong or right. And I'm not saying it's just you. What I'm saying is I know no other sport, none in history, where in a decade, well, okay, maybe one, baseball in the 1910s, yeah, where you went count. from, right, well, you're getting my point here, that yes. you're flipping – that, that somebody with good conscience and some form of intelligence, which you have some form of, that's Thank a compliment, you. you're welcome, can go from the best player starting in year one of a decade, go to another player. Oh, power out again. Go to another. <laughs> this, is gonna be, this is the fourth time in the last 18 minutes. I think we're just going to take a record. Um, can go from... One player in year one to another player in year four to a third player in year 10. I don't know any other sport, and I'll include all individual sports. I'll include running. I'll include decathlon. I'll include golf. But we all, Give me okay, a stop, year, stop, stop, stop. We can, only, we, we can only, there's only sport that's comparable to tennis in that regard is golf. You can't include track and field, because we don't know it well enough. We follow it once every four years. There's no okay. four major events that are on television. Maybe you watch the World Championships, maybe, or the Milrose Games. But you're not watching every three months, you're not watching track and field or swimming. You're not. You watch it every four years, and you get excited for a week and a half, and then it goes. The only sport that's comparable is golf because you have your four majors. The technology, now they're more athletic now than they were years ago, and the technology True. has changed. But let's forget the, forget the recent era. Forget the Woods era. 
but and go back to the 50s and 60s, and you probably had in that 10-year span Palmer and Player and Sneed and Hagen and, and eventually Nicholas and Trevino. And any of those guys could have been considered. Now, probably Nicholas, uh, Sneed, and, and who's the one I'm forgetting? Ah, Palmer. Uh, no, Palmer wasn't at that level. Palmer was like Derek Jeter to Nicholas being A-Rod. Um, you could have that where in that period, they may have been the greatest of all time. And now for the last 30 years, there really isn't anyone other than Woods that we would know, that we saw. But okay. 40 I can I can buy that. By the way, did you know you guys you guys traded for Demarius Thomas? I did. I was going to get to that in a second. Okay, just saw you that. Want, you want to shift over to football because we No, I'm enjoying that. this. I know you are. I know and and this isn't ladies and gentlemen, this is not a this is not a attack on Seth at all. And trust me, I like to do that, but this is not that case. This is a concept of how the game has actually changed its top players in 10 years, and I find that fascinating. I, I, I just do. And, Seth, you can get into a team sport discussion in 10 years, a 10-year period. I just don't know of one that amounts to anything. You can go to a soccer Soccer. You can go to swimming if you wanted to. Look, you could you can count up all the world championship medals and the Olympic medals. You know Mark Spitz was the best swimmer in the 1970s, and you know Michael Phelps was the best swimmer in the 1980s. Uh, sorry, 1980s, 2000, 2010s. Right? I mean, you know Matt Biondi was probably the top swimmer in the 1990s, and then you had Thorpe from from Australia. I mean. You can quantify it if you wanted to. I'm not saying you want to, nor can you, or will you. But it is a possibility to do that. And I find it fascinating how this isn't a flip-flop discussion. I'm not saying you're going back and forth. I found it fascinating that for the third time in a decade, you have anointed somebody that's new. That's all it was. Fair enough. Okay. So... Yes, the so let's move on to the number two point. By the way, if you can't get through, it's not you. It's I have absolutely no power here, so I'm going to use my Wi-Fi, uh, my hotspot, since I do have cell phones. Hold on one, sec- Hold on one so, second, Sean. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Continue, please. I have a question for you. Do you know how to upload songs to uh, Blog Talk? I've done it. I have done it before. Okay. Did it work? Sometimes, but I can barely get the first <laughs> song to work. Okay. I was just curious. Okay. I am now on the Wi-Fi, so if you'd like to uh, – now on the hotspot. So if you'd like to call in 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. You know what? Before we get to the NFL, let's talk about your terms. Because you have now thrown it in my face twice. You have, by the way, you have, when you sent me the link, ladies and gentlemen, Seth sent me the link or posted on my Facebook as to what beers I should get him. I had already looked looked that up because I've never squelched on a bet and never plan on it. So I'd already decided to look that up to see what I could get you. So you don't have to show me. I would just surprise you with something. But I had planned on that. Your Terps played out of their mind. They, wow. they played as well of a game as I have seen a college football team, at least for the first half, a college football team play in a very long time, including Alabama, including Clemson. Aww. They were as close. This isn't you. You did nothing. This is your team. They played as close to a perfect half as I've ever seen. They did. They were sensational. They were. They were absolutely sensational, and Syracuse had no, no answer. 
whatsoever for that team. Um, I don't know if they're ranked this week. I don't think that they are. But um, uh, Maryland or or Syracuse. Mar- oh, Syracuse definitely not ranked. But no, we, no, Maryland. Maryland 20, we went to twenty-one. Oh, okay. And who who are you up against this week? Temple this week. Then we have a bye. Then we have Penn State on Friday night. On a Friday night, we're going to lose okay, this week. So gonna... I, see, I, I see this coming. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know Temple stinks, right? Doesn't matter. Like we're, we, we were written up on in Sports Illustrated. We were written up on ESPN. It's just logical that we're going to lose the Temple. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Maryland losing to Temple this week. Are you going to give me a, a score, or am I just going to guess? Uh, 28-27. Wow, you think it's going to be like that. <laughs> That's going to yeah, be, it's going to be one of those. even worse. So we're going to miss, we're going to miss a like a 30-yard field goal with seven seconds left. Oh, then you could become a Jets fan because we know all about that. Uh, Syracuse goes and plays homecoming, which is week three, which is kind of strange. But due to the schedule, that's the only way that they can do it. They are retiring Tim Green's number, who has, unfortunately, ALS. I was going to say, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, as ALS, and they're they are they are playing Clemson, the number two team in the nation, on on Saturday night. And of course, due to their absolutely despicable performance last week, they are no longer going to be on game day, which would Sorry. have been the first game day in Syracuse history. So now we have a six thirty at night game, prime time on on ABC where we will see Syracuse get blown out 42 to 20. That is my score. Okay. Um, yeah. I hope, it, I hope it's not the case, but yeah. So surprising games this week, besides the fact that we laid an egg, Army almost taking down Michigan. That would have been like heaven on earth, seeing them. That would have been great. And – but it once again installs, it, it instills, not installs, instills the concept that every single year I say with Syracuse basketball and with Army football, you're going to see something that you don't see. And with that type of offense or Syracuse's type of defense, and Seth, you've, you've, you've parlayed this and – reiterated it back to me where I said, if you have two days to pick, if you have one day to play, to face off against the zone, we can beat any team in the nation for one. If you only have one day to prepare, I think the same thing is, can be said with army and the wishbone. They threw one pass the whole game until overtime, one pass. And they didn't punt. It was intercepted. The fourth if I yes. And they didn't punt until the fourth quarter. So that's like the epitome of a Bill Parcells offense. I'm just going to manage the clock the entire game. And they did, and they almost pulled it off. Unfortunately, they lost to Michigan and broke their 10-game winning streak, which is second in the nation. But Army's a team to be reckoned with because of their offense. And you know they're disciplined, right? Because – Hell, they're Army. Yeah. So, so anyway, so I just want to go on to there. Were there any other surprises you saw in college football this week? I don't recall any others. No massive ones. LSU going to Texas and winning was something uh, was impressive and puts them kind of really right in the running is the most impressive victory of the year so far. But, again, we're two weeks in. I know Carl, California beat Washington, which – pretty much knocks out your entire the rest of the uh the um back ten. Back ten. Um the game ended at four thirty Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> so suffice it to say I, I, I was not aware of it because as much as I stay up to watch to watch late football, which I do with USC Stanford, 
430 is a little much. Um, no, it was just a fun weekend. Um, it was fun. It was Well, I mean, considering I was working, relatively speaking, it was fun. It was fun. You know, watching the first half of Maryland was fun. Watching Army probably should have beaten Michigan was fun. Um, but still, at the end of the day, we're looking at, you know, it's still Clemson, Alabama, and then everyone else until it's not. Yeah, well, I lost a big one today, this week. Uh, I know we weren't talking upsets, but you know my, my team going in. Who was my team going in as the fourth spot who I thought had the schedule to do it and just couldn't pull it off? It was Nebraska, Nebraska. Goes to, Nebraska goes to Colorado and loses 34-31 to 31 in overtime. Congratulations! You know, it gets first person to be knocked out in the first week of the year. It's like it's like survival. It's like survival. It's like a survival. You know what the thing is though? Yeah, but they're in the Big Ten. They still beat Ohio. If they still win out, no. beating number six Ohio State at home, Wisconsin at home, Maryland on the road, and Iowa to finish their, the season. Are you looking at their schedule right now? That you know all that? I am. I am. I am looking at their schedule. If they so, win out, no, they have right. not. If they win, if they win out, they go to the Big Ten title game, right? Yes. All right. So let's assume they win out. Let's play this out. They win out, and they okay. go to the Big Ten title game, which would probably be against Michigan. Potentially. I would guess it's Ohio State. Michigan never beats anybody. Never beats Ohio State or Michigan State. But okay. Wait. So are they in Ohio State's bracket? No. Nebraska, Wisconsin. This is the huge argument with the Big Big Ten. Is the is the divisions are are too skewed? Because on one okay. end you have Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State, and on the other right. end you have Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Nebraska. Okay. So let's say that. Well. Okay. So they. If they go, if they win out, they're going to play Michigan in the finals, not Ohio State, because they will have beaten Ohio State. So, so Ohio State will beat Michigan. No, Ohio, Ohio. Well, then Ohio State would have to beat Michigan, and yeah, then it's division. So I guess yeah. Okay, fine. So they have to face Ohio State or Michigan, Ohio State again or Michigan. So that would be another mm-hmm. probably top ten team. So if they mm-hmm. win out. They potentially could beat two top ten teams, three, or possibly three, and two top, and three top twenty teams. So six ranked teams. A ten and one Big Ten, ten and one Big Ten champion, whose last loss was September seventh, wouldn't make the playoff. No, with that kind of resume. No. Probably not because I don't. First of all, you're not beating a top three team here. I'm looking at their schedule, and there is it's a look. They would they go to the would they go to the to the you know those to the group of five absolutely or whatever you want to call it, but. Do I think an eleven to one Alabama or Nebraska team? So let's just say, let's just hypothesize here. Clemson's going to go. Alabama's yep. going to go. Yep. One of the other SEC teams is going to go, whether it's Georgia or LSU. Probably. Okay. Let's just say, it's, or let's just say Oklahoma goes undefeated, or Oklahoma goes eleven and one, mm-hmm. or Texas goes eleven and one. Texas mm-hmm. has a loss top five team. You lost right. to Colorado. I get it. I get it. Look, if you get it, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I will still toot. I will still toot the uh, Nebraska bandwagon until they lose game two, which might be this week. But I hope not. <laughs> for you listeners that don't, for you listeners that don't want me to keep talking about Nebraska. You should be rooting for Northern Illinois this week. That's an 8 o'clock game on Fox Sports 1. Okay. 
Do we you have know, to talk about Antonio so, Brown? It would be so much better if you had uploaded that so people could understand what the heck was being played. But that would require some computer knowledge. Okay. Yes, we can Damn. talk about Antonio Brown. <laughs> we can talk about – look, I don't say that you don't know taxes. I don't say you don't know accounting. Uh, okay, Antonio Brown. Yeah, then that nope. happened. So, <laughs> so, so, to give everybody some backstory that has not followed the Seth and Sean Sports Fantasy League team, we decided in March that Antonio Brown just wasn't worth it. He was going to be $58. We could bid him if we want him, but we're probably going to stay away from him because of what was happening in Pittsburgh. He gets traded to the, to the Raiders, and we decide, again, we're not going to protect him. We understand he'll get a lot of balls, so on and so forth. And we're okay with that. We'll bid up to 40, and then we'll be done. Okay. Uh, he went for more than 40. I don't exactly remember what he went for. In fact, I'll go check that out. But it was definitely more than 40. And we were happy. We were okay. We, we, we weren't in love with our team. We're still not in love with our team. But we're pretty happy with our team. And we won this week, so we're, we're happy with that. And then Brown gets released on Saturday. And Seth and I, so Seth sends me an email saying, not to say that you predicted this or something to that effect, but we decided in March and now we just look so much better about this. So he went for 44. So we were going to go up to 40. And we're all, we're all smiles, smiles, smiles. And then 15 minutes later, Antonio Brown is signed with the New England Patriots. So not only do we get screwed in the fact that we should have bid him maybe a little more. We lose, everybody loses him for game week, game one. But then, of course, he goes to the Pats where everybody else goes. Seth, is this, is, is this going to be successful? For Antonio Brown. I don't know what constitutes successful for Antonio Brown. Is he going to win a Super Bowl? Well, the way they looked Monday night, sure. Um, Is he, I mean, the question is, is he going to be, is he going to be Randy Moss coming to New England, or is he going to be Chad Johnson coming to New England? I'm assuming he'll be somewhere in between. I think it's a one-year can't lose. Take your shot with it. And then he moves on. But the problem is I don't think he restores his image in a year. And I don't think New England resigns him for $20 million. I don't think New England resigns him. So... He'll make his $15 million, And then he's going to have a really weird – it's going to be – unless it's New England that re-signs him, and my gut is they don't, I don't know what they do. I don't know what he does. I don't know who – how, how do you make – what kind of offer do you make someone like him? I don't know. I, I don't have the slightest idea. Sorry. Did so that sound better? I'd like to, so I'd like to point something out. You are so lucky you are not in your home. <laughs> because your wife would be screaming at you right now for how loud that was. Well, you asked me if, so, I, if I had the capability to upload something to our, to our website, which I did. You still so didn't upload it. You just played it louder. No, I uploaded it to Bog Talk. Look on the list. On audio clips. The bottom. Maryland, 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 Maryland. No. What's Way the, bottom. What you, no, it's not there. Under welcome back. No, it, it's there. it will go up to the what did you what did you call it? Because it will it's reload. Called MD Fight Dog. Oh, you did put it in. Here it is. <laughs>
And Fair as enough. I learned that, and as I learned that podcasts, you can curse now. Congratulations. There you go. You got. <laughs> are you happy now? Congratulations I'm, 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 on a you could upload it. Okay. And B that you won. It's 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 good stuff. So anyway, so Antonio Brown. So you don't think he'll be a Patriot next year? At all. I don't. I don't. Okay. So I just so I just did some research while you were trying to be ecstatic. And Josh Gordon's contract is up after this year. He's got a one-year, $2 million deal. Julian Edelman has two more years on his contract. I thought that Edelman was done after this year, too, which would have been perfect for them to re-sign Brown, right? That would have been absolutely perfect. Except Edelman signed a deal, I believe, right before this year for two years and $15 million. So if he if they cut him after this year, the cap hit would be like seven million dollars, and they only have to pay him three million dollars. So he's probably going to keep his contract. Um, it's the year after that he can get cut. But anyway, the point being, yeah, if they cut him after this year, the dead cap is eight million dollars on him. So the point being, there's. No way they're probably going to get rid of Edelman, but they could get rid of Josh Gordon and put Antonio Brown there, depending on circumstances. So what, what are your are thoughts? What are the stats for Antonio Brown at the end of this year? What are you looking at here? And I'm not talking fantasy-wise. I'm saying how many catches, how many yards, how many touchdowns? I don't know. I really don't have a I don't have a clue. Ah. So, you and I talked earlier today, and I said that basically, and I think that there are a ton of mouths to feed on this team right now, a ton. And to put that in some perspective, last year, uh, Rob Gronkowski played 13 games. He started 11. He had 47 catches for 682 yards and three touchdowns. So let's go the year before, 14 games. 14 games, he caught 70 balls approximately, approximately 1,000 yards, and approximately eight touchdowns. I think that that could happen. I think you'd, you'd see 70 balls. Okay. Yeah, I think that's about, I think, I think that's reasonable. I think he is going to just – do everything that Gronk did in that offense. And I think they're going to – I think Philip Dorsett is no longer going to play. <laughs> um, Demarius Thomas is obviously now a Jet, which boggles my mind that somebody would pay him – pay a sixth rounder for Demarius Thomas when cap, uh, draft capital is always important. Not to the Jets, it's not. And obviously not to the Raiders. But the fact is, I think 80 catches or 70 catches, 1,000 yards, and six or seven scores is about right. And that's a good season, especially if you're only playing 15 games. That's a good season. Is he going to be an all-pro? No. Is he going to have 110 catches again? Not with this offense. But he is along with Randy Moss, the best wide receiver that this team has ever had in the 20 years that they've been here in, on, the, on the plateau that they are. And soup to nuts, this is the best offense they've ever had, in my opinion. This is better than the Randy Moss offense. Because the Randy Moss offense, I, don't, I think their second receiver was Welker, right? There was... I, I believe so, yes. There, wa- so. there was no... I mean, it was... They had a possession guy, and then they had a long guy. But I don't think they had a third guy. And they certainly didn't have a fourth guy. And I don't think they had a running back. That wasn't they, Corey, Corey Dillon. They, Corey, they Corey Dillon. No. Was nice. Corey, Dillon did, Corey Dillon played at the same time as Randy Moss? I'm looking it up right now. As am I. I love when we nope. can do this. Kevin, it was Lawrence Baroni. Yeah, wide out like Randy Moss, sixty-three yards. 
were Randy Moss, Dante Stallworth, and Wes Welker. Okay. Their tight end was Ben Watson. Jesus Christ. Who's still playing, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, their, their running backs were Ant, Antoine Smith, Kevin Falk, and no, they didn't have Maroney on that team. The year that the year that Moss went for seventeen touchdowns. The year that Moss was is this the right year? Maybe it's I'm in the wrong year. I'm in the wrong. Two thousand seven New England Patriots season. Maroney's yeah, there. I don't know why I don't know why I went to two thousand oh, because I was in his Minnesota years. Sorry. You're right. The two thousand seven year. Yep. That's why I couldn't figure it out. You are spot on correct, sir, every once in a while. But, yeah, that's Lawrence Maroney, Sammy Morris, and Kevin Falk. Well, I would put Sonny Michelle and James White against those guys any day, considering Maroney only started six games. And you had Moss, Stallworth, Jabbar Gaffney. And that was it? Yeah. And Ben Watson. So, oh, and Wes Welker, excuse me. And Welker only started four games. That was Welker's, I guess it was his first year, or he got hurt. No, he started 13. My bad. 112 catches. But anyway, this is a better offense than they've ever had before, in my opinion. And if they do anything like they did on Sunday night when I went to sleep, because I couldn't stand watching that game, this is going to be an – look – that they have they have the potential to go sixteen and zero, this team. I think they're going to run right through their division. So Dude, now it's I'm not sure I couldn't get ten guys from eleven guys from this office building to run through that division. Uh, okay, so you want to talk about Cowboys and Giants now? No, I admit we stick. <laughs> so. I mean, Well, let me ask you this. I really, really have not seen a week one with so many injuries. Like real injuries. Like out of commission for six, seven week injuries. And there seem to have been a lot this year. You have Nick Foles, you have Tyreek Hill. Pat Mahomes went out for a little bit and then came back. You have Chris Lilstrom on on uh, Atlanta that went on IR. A bunch of guys went on IR. It just seemed like it was more injury plague this this year than any other, but maybe I just say that every year, and I'm just not sure. I don't know. I get I, – I, I, I um, The Foles one is a shame. You know, he, he, he's been waiting for the last – five, six years to get have a real starting team, to be able to have a team that's his own. Since the year under Chip Kelly, where he had 26, was it 26 touchdowns and two interceptions. And he wasn't going to a scrub team. He's going to a team with definitive playoff hopes, um, a team I actually picked to make the playoffs this year. And to be knocked out, ironically, on a touchdown pass, but to be knocked out for eight to nine weeks, you know, it's has it just it's got to just take it in such a it's just got to be such a ridiculous downer obviously you know for someone who's been so patient and so well liked seems around the league what a damn shame yeah but if you were Terrell Owens publicist you could say he has 24 million dollars to be happy except this was a guy who was thinking about retiring to join the priesthood i'm not sure the 28 the $24 million has the same impact. Agreed. Are you buying the backup? Minshaw? Um, yeah. I may buy him in my fantasy league because I had Nick Foles. Um, but, again, it's relative. What am I buying him to do? Am I buying him to be Dak Prescott and lead a team to seven straight wins? No. Am I bidding him that, you know what, he's going to keep the team afloat, they'll be around four and four? When Foles comes back and they'll still be in the hunt, yeah, I can buy that. Um, you know, these we talk about that. You know, players players for the most part don't sit anymore, or and 
you know, and this is, or that, it is really a next man up business. And this, there's no better evidence than this. This was a guy who a year and a half ago was expecting to, was expecting to, I believe, be the whack, the whack up, Jesus Christ, the backup in Washington State, and end up as a graduate assistant for Saban down in Alabama. And now he's a starting quarterback for an NFL franchise. You know, yeah, you, you, you just have to. There's very rare, you know, very rarely do people get opportunities in anything, and when you do, you got to take advantage. Even if you're not, even if you may not be ready, here's your shot. You know, go run with it. Let's see what happens. Are you buying? So you did pick the Jaguars to make the playoffs. I did. I believe they were your sixth team. They were. Are you keep? Are, are you still buying the Jaguars to make the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to hedge out game one. And I'll be honest. Well, I'm not asking you wait, I'm not asking you to hedge after game one because they lost. I'm asking you to hedge after game one because they lost the quarterback. There's a big yeah. difference between a no, loss look, and a loss in your I Bowles wasn't playing for the net, wasn't playing before the year. Would I have taken them to make the playoffs? No, I probably wouldn't have. I would okay. but you know, but this was a team that I took, so why, you know, I'm not going to change at this point. But here's the thing. So let's take a quick look around. Now, Cleveland is certainly not as bad as they are as they were in Game One, but they were brutal in game yeah. the first game. And we all, both of us, kind of said that we thought this was going to be a weird, awkward matchup. Tennessee is awkward for yeah. everybody. I'm already tired yeah. of hearing about Baltimore. You beat up on a college team. <laughs> that, they have no fan base. I mean, if you go through that team, how many guys, forget what start for the Patriots or for the Steelers, how many of those guys would start for the Bills? Or the Jets? Or the Giants? Well, well their kicker would start for the Jets. That is true. So with the high school kicker. <laughs> The high school kicker from Wayne Valley. That is true um, as well. So I mean, they are they're a minor league team at this point. And the guy I feel really bad for is Josh Rosen because he goes to Arizona, has no offensive line, gets crushed. They bring in they draft so what do they do? They draft Kyler Murray, they trade Rosen to a team with no offensive line and no offensive weapons. And he's going to end up on three teams in three years, and he's already starting to look like he's going to become a journeyman. Because how do you not when you're put in this in this in this position? So okay, I mean, so yeah, Lamar Jackson's great, but let's see you play against. Let's let's see a better defense. Let's give this more than a week before we before we before we start. You know, like neither of us took Baltimore to make the playoffs. Correct. One game doesn't. One week doesn't change anything in any sport. Okay. Uh, well, like so give me your one. So so we got five five minutes left. Give me your your one surprise real quick. Now I'll give you a surprise, and then we'll go forward with our last five. So who's your surprise this week? Who were you impressed oh. by or not impressed by? From week one, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, week one. Who impressed me? Andy yeah. Dalton. Andy Dalton and John Ross. John Ross hasn't been healthy in years. I don't think he's ever been healthy in the in the NFL. And even though they nope. lost, they went to Seattle, lost by a point. Andy Dalton picked apart Seattle for 420 yards. That was impressive. Okay. My impressive guy was the guy that beats back Father Time, and that's Larry Fitzgerald. Because I Seth that and I discussed draft. Yeah, well, Seth and I discussed Larry Fitzgerald and drafting him. And Seth's like, he's old. He's old. A, he's younger than us. And B, he put up like 30 fantasy league points this week. So, way to go, Larry, for the old guys. Way to go. Okay, last five real quick. FIFA must do something. Must. Must, must, must. So if you haven't heard this story, an Iranian woman snuck herself into a soccer game in Iran, surprisingly. It is illegal 
for women to be in soccer stadiums with men in Iran. She got escorted out and arrested. When she got bailed out and awaiting her, quote, trial, she overheard people say that she was likely to get six, three to six months in jail. What did she do? She said, I would rather be dead than be in jail, and she lit herself on fire. No joke, Seth. This happened. Mm-hmm. She burned 90% of her body, and she died this morning. I know international sports tries to stay out of politics. I get it. But this is not politics. This is gender equality. And I know this is coming from the United States, and this is coming from me, whose country doesn't pay women the same way that they pay men. This is not pay. This is to watch a game. This is so women are not burning themselves to death. FIFA has to step in before Iran hosts any other games, gets any other benefits. They must demand that this, and it's not a law. It's not a law of the stadium. It's a law of the damn state. So either don't host games in Iran, FIFA, World Cup, no, or you make them change the law the way that the U.S. made Arizona celebrate Martin Luther King's birthday before the NFL was able to give them, or the NFL made Arizona have Martin Luther King's birthday before they would give him a Super Bowl. Do the right thing. This, w- this shocked the crap out of me and made me furious. Okay, you're up with that. Oh, that should be fun to follow up. Um, well, you got two and a half minutes, so go. I'm, I'm good. Who has been your athlete of the year? To me, there really is no second choice, and it's someone that practically nobody's ever heard of. Her name is Bianca Andreescu, and she won the she won the U.S. Open, the Women's U.S. Open Championship. She started the year at a hundred ranked number one hundred and fifty two in the world. Had no real publicity behind her, and promptly went forty five and four this year. I don't think there has ever been there has ever been a more expedited growth. She won two two. Two mass, two important titles. They're called uh, I forget what they're called on the women's side, um, but she won Indian Wells, she won the Rogers Cup, which is part of the U.S. Open series, beating Serena, and then she beats Serena again in the finals after blowing a 5-1 lead in the second set. Her record this year against top 10 players is 8-0. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this for a given year from someone to come from this far out of nowhere to hit this threshold. She starts off at 152. She ends the year at four. So congrats to her. It's the first Canadian uh, Grand Slam champion and look forward to see what she's doing in 19, which is also her age. So (laughs) we're old. We're old. Yes, we are. We are. So next week we'll talk more about how the Temple Owls beat the Maryland Terps, uh, how Syracuse might have put on some form of a show against Clemson, and we'll go through the pennant races because we didn't do that this time. And talk about how the Red Sox can can their president less than 12 months after winning a World Series, which makes no sense whatsoever. For Seth... Sorry, you were saying? I deserve that. I deserve that. <laughs> the Seth Games, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsRage.com, Blog Talk Radio, Seth and Sean Sports. We'll see you guys next week. You might Have as well good. end the show with it. Go ahead. Play it up.